guys, and welcome back to yet again another episode of the Motivation Magnet. You guys are absolutely fan freaking tastic. Okay, I mean that. I mean it when I say that you guys are amazing. You need to hear it. You're amazing. Okay, you got it. You're amazing. Know that. Live it. Love it. Today we have on an awesome guest, Kyle Elliott. He's going to dive into so much into the music industry how he's made it to where he is right now, what it takes to make it in Nashville, and everything else that I honestly had no idea about, okay? So let's dive right into that interview with Kyle Elliott. It's awesome. So here he is, Kyle Elliott. All right, here we go, you guys. Today, we welcome on a very special guest. He has a brand new single out that we're going to get into in detail, okay? I'm really looking forward to it. I can't stop listening to it. Country singer-songwriter Kyle Elliott. Kyle, what's up, man? Hey, good to see you, brother. How you doing? Doing all right, I guess, best we can during all this mess, right? <laughs> that's right, that's right. Trying to stay busy, I assume. Yes, yes, more than people realize, honestly. <laughs> awesome. So I we love talking about, we love country music. We love hearing the stories of people like you that chase their dreams daily, that put in the work necessarily to get to where they want to be. So go ahead and tell me about your story. You know, how'd you get to where you are now? Well, it's a kind of an interesting story. Um, you know, a lot of people have some kind of background that leads to where they are in their career. Maybe their, you know, parent or somebody that influenced them along the way was in the same industry, and and that really wasn't the case. Um, not not quite to a T, at least. Um, I knew I loved music from a young age. Um, there's a video of me at the age of three singing in the church choir, um, and today, you know, it's kind of just faded all right into that. But right. um, growing up. Uh, you know, I grew up in Nashville, which is interesting because a lot of people that are singers and songwriters in Nashville, they definitely were not born here. They moved in from some other place, either in the country or even around the world. I've met so many different people that have done the right. same journey. And I was fortunate enough to be born here. I grew up um, in East Nashville and in the suburbs of Nashville. And I was born about a mile from Music Row, which is where all the big time labels and stuff are. That's so awesome. More local than that. But, um, but no, I grew up not really being... Um, that necessarily into music. I didn't play any instruments when I was a young kid. My mother was the music director for our church, but that's about as far as it went. Um, my dad worked uh, at a factory job and, and my mom uh, worked for a, a financial organization and, and we would just listen to music all the time. That's really what it was. They had the radio on constantly. My dad was big into the 80s rock. My mom loves her 70s music. And awesome. her sister that listened to Backstreet Boys and NSYNC on repeat in a room. No, <laughs> so I grew up with everything. And uh, being in Nashville, country music was a part of that because you can't escape it. Uh, when you're here, it's all there. We have like six radio stations dedicated to country music. <laughs> but I always grew up loving it and being that close to it and being in the South. It just kind of is a part of who you are. Um, and it tells a story of things that we live through every day. You know, they talk about driving down a back road. I think we almost all can relate to that at some point. Um, but there's just so many things that play right into that. But but as I got older, um, my mom eventually became a music teacher for uh, the local high school. And she had uh, a lot of her high school students would stay after school and play their guitars. And that was like, you know, I was like, I don't know, eight, nine years old. And I was like, oh, that's like the coolest thing ever. Like, I want to be just like them. So as I got a little older, um, I, I decided that I wanted to get my first guitar. So at the age of 13, my grandfather gave me my first guitar. And um, I started learning how to play and i took zero lessons um i luckily we live in a time and age where youtube is a thing and uh, right right yeah of youtube how to play guitar and i'm by no means an expert to play guitar i think i'm pretty mediocre honestly but it, it taught me you know a lot of things about about music and i had never really aspired to be like a a rock star you know it wasn't like right, I was gonna right. the, you know the next uh you know it wasn't gonna be like Guns and Roses or anything. Right. <laughs> I was like, I love this. I I would lock myself in my room and play for like five, six hours a night. Sometimes my fingers literally would bleed at the point because I wanted to do it so bad. And um, as I got older, I was in music groups all throughout. Uh, uh, you know, grade school. Me and my mother being a high school music teacher, I really didn't have a choice. Uh, <laughs> afterwards, I, I decided to pursue music in college. I went to um, Southern Illinois University. Uh, okay. Dale and got or went in for a vocal performance degree. Well, what people don't realize is music in college is not really like music in the real world. Um, it's classically trained vocal performance. So I'm singing right. these, you know, choral type of pieces and I'm doing um, like when you think of a piano recital, you know, they're up there playing all these classical 
do the same thing for music, like for vocal performance, it's the same thing. And as right. much as I learned from that, as far as the training goes for my voice, it's not what I wanted to do. So I, I got out of that and I ended up moving back um, to Nashville and went to Middle Tennessee State University, which if you're a Michigan State fan, which I hope that you're not, um, <laughs> too upset about the big uh, NCAA uh, upset a couple years ago. <laughs> yep, I remember. I remember. I'm, I'm from Ann Arbor. I'm from Ann Arbor. So I'm a, hey. I'm a gold blue guy, but I remember. I remember. <laughs> Yeah, no, but, but Middle Tennessee State, and it's literally right down the road from where I grew up. So I went there and I ended up get, uh, starting in audio production because I thought, well, I'll just be my own producer and I'll record my own stuff. Um, and after my first year, I moved, when I moved back, I actually wanted to do just some freelance work and I was looking for any experience possible. And my best friend's little brother had a rock band and they were trying to produce a uh, pr- recorded album. And I was like, well, I'll just do it for free because I, you know, I'm looking for right. experience. And so we got together and it was kind of the, punk rock vibe that you know you grew up with in like the early 2000s yeah yeah and, and i was like you know i used to jam to this music i was like you guys want me to play with you like it sounds like fun so we i joined this band for like four years as a rhythm <laughs> how old were the kids um i was let's see i was um if i was a sophomore in college that would have made me like 1920 and they were like yep. 17 years old that's awesome so yeah, I was the oldest of the group, and and the vibe was pretty cool. And they were actually very very talented kids, a lot better at playing instruments than I was. So <laughs> we played for like four years together, and it was cool. But they just weren't. They were still so young, and they didn't really have a business mind behind it. So they were just right. on. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep dumping dumping hundreds of dollars into equipment and eyes <laughs> for us to not see any returns. So I was like. As fun as this has been, I'm going to get out. And I, I didn't end up getting my degree in audio production. I ended up getting it in um, uh, video production with a okay. in audio, specifically radio. So I was still somewhat involved in the entertainment world. And um, I, I actually got a job right out of college being a radio uh, personality um, in a town about an hour outside of Nashville. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it led me right back into the music scene. And it wasn't even country. I was the radio personality on the weekend for a light rock station, which... That's not really my genre, but you know, I was right. gonna, again, take any opportunity. Opportunity, yeah, absolutely. I was driving an hour and a half each way, um, six hours a week for $10 an hour. Yikes. Yeah, so not really worth it. And I did that for about six months. And um, that was actually my last semester of college. And as soon as I graduated, I was like, this is not going to happen. Like, I'm just kind of wasting my time and resources. I'm going to go get a real job. Right. Um, I ended up applying for this um, call center job in Nashville, got that, got promoted to the marketing department, which is kind of what I was focused on anyway at the time. And I absolutely hated the company. I did. I hated (laughs) the vibe around that. It was a startup company. I didn't really care for the message that they were sending. They were hiding a bunch of stuff. And I I was like in the nitty gritty of it as a call. Right. So I like all the day-to-day stuff and people don't really understand (laughs) the kind of help with that. Um, but I eventually got to a point where I was like, you know what, this is miserable. I was working like 60 hours a week doing marketing stuff. I was driving, you know, all over the state and, and working sometimes there was, a, there was a day I worked for 36 hours straight. Jeez. Yeah. And, and they were paying me like 16 an hour, which isn't bad coming right Getting out of college. Yeah. But not worth 32 hour no. no. shifts. Just unbelievable stuff. And so I was like, screw you, you know, and yeah. My, my manager was not happy with me anyway, so we had like this mutual split, and it couldn't have right. happened at a worse time. <laughs> I, <laughs> I bought my house two weeks before I uh, split from the company. Yikes! Yeah, not a not really great thinking on my part, but I, it was. They actually brought me in to let me go when I handed them my letter of resignation. So it was like it was perfect. It was going to happen either way. Happen either way. Yeah, and. So I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've never been in a situation like this, but I was like, I, I can't stay here any longer. I literally cannot take it. So I quit and um, I was unemployed for four months. And what's even worse was I'd never been unemployed before and I wasn't really sure how unemployment worked. And so I applied right. and got approved. And I thought that's all you had to do. No, as COVID has taught me, you have to continue to go in and update your benefits on a weekly yep. basis. <laughs> so I no unemployment money. Luckily, they, they give me they gave me a stipend for for letting right. me, go, which kept me going for about four months. And um, I found a job working at an apartment complex, which was pretty miserable too. Um, I took a cut, and I was working, and it was a college apartment complex. At the oh boy, 
<laughs> so it, it left good me- stories though. Definitely so, have some good stories from that. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's been it's been interesting. But um, in the time of working for that company that I hated, I, I decided there was a day on uh, it was I want to say November November nineteenth or something like that. On in two thousand and sixteen, I was sick, probably from like working myself to death. <laughs> and and right. I was, this is the point in my life. It's a turning point. I was like, either I'm gonna go for this dream of mine to be a musician. Um, and to play and do what I love for a living, or I'm going to sit and do this job that I absolutely hate for the rest of my life, or I'm going to be stuck doing a nine to five, doing something I really don't enjoy. And so I decided to pursue it and doing that for a year with that company um, was tough, but I, you know, I never played a solo show before. I decided to write my own songs. And the first song I wrote, I decided to go in and record it and release it. Didn't know what I was doing. It's a terrible idea, by the way. Don't ever release your first song that you ever write. Uh, (laughs) And um, had no idea how to market it, had no idea how to do anything. And I found a um, venue online that was doing open mics. So I signed up. It was a Tuesday and I was 53rd in line for the open mic night. I got there at, I think, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I didn't play till 1.30 in the morning. And I played two songs. What did you play? Um, it was two songs that I'd written at that okay. point. Well, and okay. it was a writer's round. You go and you play all original music. The okay. only people that were left there were my parents that came to support me um, and the other 12 people that were after me. <laughs> so I really played this song for nobody, but it was my first time playing a solo gig live. And it taught me a lot about how not to be so naive and also how to kind of advance yourself um, forward. And I met some people that night um, who really didn't lead anywhere, but taught me that networking was going to be really important. So yeah, um, I was working these jobs and the apartment complex said, hey, you know, we're going to have to have you work um, seven weeks out of the year, which is what they call turn when college students move out of, they have to go in and fix all the houses or the okay. Yeah. Like you, you're, we need you working seven days a week. We're not going to pay you anymore. Um, you can't take days off. Like unbelievable things. I'm like, this is not legal. And so the time <laughs> came and I booked two shows during that time. Um, one was at a county fair, which is a pretty big deal, um, especially right here. Our county fairs are pretty big. Um, okay. The other one was for a house show, which has a lot of really big time songwriters that go to it. And they and I was like, I need these days off. And they're like, we can't do it. And I'm like, well, I can't work here. If yeah. we have like, I have to choose me over you. And they were like, okay. So I, I didn't even give them a notice. I didn't do anything. I just walked out and left that job and never. Wow. Back. Um, yeah. I burned a few bridges as far as the jobs go. Got to do it, man. Sometimes you got to do it. Well, you know, you got to put your dreams first, you know, you absolutely, about, you know, that's what the podcast is all about is putting your yeah. dreams first. And, and that's exactly what I did. And um, I've done some, some other things I had, I joined, I was in a fraternity in college and one of my fraternity brothers um, worked for a temp agency and he was like, Hey, you know, do you need a job? And it kind of came at the right time. And I was like, yeah, like I could, I'll do anything right now. And so um, I got into construction a little bit. I did uh, cable pulling for um, uh, fiber optic companies. Um, I was installing um, security cameras and like parking garages. I've literally done everything. Like it's, You've done it all. You've literally done it all. I've done it all. And all because I didn't, I needed the flexibility to play my music when I needed to do it. And right. there, I worked that for maybe like three months. And then I got an opportunity to work at a bar in Nashville. And at this point, I'd already released a couple of songs and I still wasn't doing anything major. I was playing shows every once in a while, but really wasn't making any money at it. And um, I got the opportunity to work at this bar in Nashville. And I'd never bartended before, but I'd been around enough alcohol in college. I was like, this can't be You can figure it out. Yep. (laughs) And so I decided to reply. And it happened to be a pretty pretty, uh, special bar. It was the Big Machine Vodka Distillery Bar in Nashville. So it was a distillery um, that made their own alcohol. Plus, it was Big Machine. Well, if that name sounds familiar, that's because that was Taylor Swift's record label when she first got started. And I was like, well, this is going to give me an opportunity to meet somebody. Absolutely. You know, and it was it was a terrible business to work for, first of all. <laughs> um, I, I got pretty, I got free booze, which was, which was cool. Always, always a good thing. And I met a lot of people. Plus, whenever it was slow, I, they let me play in the bar while I was on the clock. To bring in customers and i was like well that's cool you know I perfect don't, yeah and it didn't happen a lot but it was kind of neat to do that and it's right down nashville off of broadway 
And um, I wasn't making much and I'm driving 45 minutes each way to get to work and making like $11 an hour on no tips because this place is not like a it's like a Broadway bar where you go in and there's thousands of people. It's tiny. I think it holds like 20 people. And oh, geez. it's like try the different alcohols. So it's more of a right. action than a bar. But um, one of the cool things was the CMA Awards happens at the arena in downtown Nashville. Yeah, I've been. They're awesome. Love them. Yeah, and that's like three blocks from where this bar is. Well, Big Machine is a label, so they were like, well, we're going to ho- hold a after party for the CMA Awards. And uh, it's, the building's connected to the Florida-Georgia Lion House, which is a massive okay. bar in Yeah, yep. And the night of the CMAs, they were like, do you guys want to go to this party? And we're like, well, yeah. Like, don't don't even ask stupid questions. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So I got to go and I got to meet like I met um, Lady Annabelle or Lady A, whatever they were now. Yeah. Uh, I got to meet Midland. Um, I got to meet like just a bunch of random celebrities and nothing ever came out of that. But it was a cool experience to feel what it was like in right. for a night. That's awesome. And from that, I really never I was like, this is it. This is what I this is what I'm born to do. Like I'm born right. in this crowd of people. So um there was a time where I had to quit that job too because I, I wasn't, I hated the boss. He was, which big machine, don't, you know, off the record here. I know we're on a podcast, so not really off the record, but <laughs> not, not like people in the world, I'll say that they, the deal with Taylor Swift went bad for a reason. And I'm right. not saying that, you know, they're horrible people, but they're pretty greedy when it comes to the money side of things. So, and same goes for this business they're running here. So I was like, I'm not putting up with this anymore. And one day a lady came in. Um, and she was a tour guide for in Nashville. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like I used to tour guide when I was in college, I was a campus tour guide. Right. Yep. yep. I was like, I was one of my favorite jobs I ever did. And at this point I've done like a thousand jobs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Like, well, right. There's nothing you haven't done. <laughs> right. So she was like, well, do you want to come on a tour? Maybe we're looking to hire tour guys. And I'm like, sure. Like how much do you pay? And she was like, it's not much. It's like 50 bucks a tour. I might be able to get you like two or three tours a week. And I'm like, okay, well I can do maybe two jobs at one time. So I start doing it. And this thing takes off like this company's taking off. I there was one point over the last summer where I was doing this 13 days in a row. Um, wow. and 50 bucks a tour is not a lot, but people tip on tours. Right. Right. I was pulling in more money than I had ever made. I was working three hours a day. OK, making more money than I awesome. ever. Awesome. That's awesome. And it's a food and beverage and history tour, which I'm a history buff. I love. I already know how to or drinks and I'm a big foodie. So I'm like, this is like the best job that I could ever. ever. Yeah. <laughs> but not only did it, did it lead to meeting a lot of amazing people on that tour, but it also led me into a lot of venues because a lot of the places we would go to eat are also live music venues, considering it's in Nashville. Right. But one of the places we went, I got to know all the managers, all the bartenders, everybody super well. And I was like, Hey, do you have any slots open for your show? Like, cause they have a stage. He was like, oh, we don't really, we're, we're, we're booked at the moment. You know, they have literally live music from 11 a.m. until midnight, Monday through Thursday, and then 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Friday and Saturday and, you know, whatever on Sunday. But they and they have somebody every two to three hours, somebody new come in and they were booked, which is a lot of people when you think about it. And that's just one bar. <laughs> wow. And so, but they were like, well, if somebody calls in sick, we'll, we'll, we'll hit you up and let you know. And this was a buddy of mine, like I've been working with him for a few months now and about two weeks later, I get a text at like, I don't know, five o'clock in the afternoon. He's like, can you be here in an hour? And I'm like, what, what am I going to say? No. Like, right. You're like, oh. this is an opportunity that I can't pass up. And so I get in my car, grab my, grab my guitar, just go. And I show up and I sing for two hours and, you know, I made a little bit of money, which was nice. And the venue's awesome. And, um, didn't really hear anything of it. And a couple of days later I saw him, he's like, Hey man, we heard some good things about you. He said, I'll let you know, if, you know, and that happens again. Two months later, um, I get a phone call and he's like, Hey, we got one of our guys dropped off the set list. Do you want in? He said, it's every Wednesday from 6 PM to 9 PM. And I was like, well, of course, like, why? Oh yeah. I- yeah. <laughs> the opportunity that I've been wanting. And I've been playing again, I've been playing shows in and out a lot of writers rounds which are no money it's just an opportunity to promote your music and yeah shows here and there which you know you're talking maybe two a month at this point and so i started playing these shows and it was every week and every once in a while they'd be like hey one of the duets dropped off for the weekend do you want to fill in with this other artist and it's like well yeah and so right. things 
took off and I started meeting all these people. I started co-writing with all of these people and it, it has just been this crazy roller coaster. And it's really all happened in the last year and a half. Um, and I've been at this for over four years now. Um, but meeting all these people, writing all these songs, um, you know, and when I go to look for a new producer, who do I talk to? Well, I'm going to talk to the trusted people in the industry, which are my friends, these other artists that have been playing. There's a guy that plays at the same venue. He's been playing on Broadway for 20 years. And I'm like, well, who else wow. can ask besides this veteran dude, you know? Right. Who knows? Everybody yeah. at this point. And so those have led to other gigs. I played on Broadway numerous times, which is like, that was like my, one of my goals in life was to like play. Yeah. On Broadway. Broadway. yeah. And I played on it. I can't tell you how many times now. And, um, it's st I'm still not at the peak, man. I'm still doing like solo shows. This is me and my acoustic guitar sitting right. by myself. My band's not even with me. And so that's been pretty incredible to, to do those experiences, but we, there's still more room to improve. I mean, I have a band. We've been working through the pandemic to try to come up with full set lists because, you know, when you play at like Tootsie's downtown, you got to play for three to four hours and you just got to be able to go like that and right. not, not slow down. And so that's the next step. We're, we're actually looking at doing um, an international tour next year. Wow. Uh, going to like the UK. And I, I've, I've skipped over a ton, which we'll get back into once we talk about the song. But Love it. Yeah, but no, but we, we're looking at going international, going to the UK next year, possibly up into like um, Norway and, and some of the Netherlands countries and then down um, in New Zealand. We're getting a lot of promotion down there. And it's so interesting how the world works. I, I, I have a minor in entrepreneurship because I'm business minded. I love it. Yep. Yep. And, um, the United States, especially Tennessee is so saturated with country music. Yeah. If you go on to the new boots, Spotify playlist, you probably won't recognize more than two thirds of the names on there because they're all up and coming artists. And that might be their one song that they get anything on. Well, why would I try to compete with all of these people like head on? Like I could do it. I could, compete just like everybody else. And maybe I'll get lucky. Maybe I'll, you know, have a big break, whatever. But I was like, I, there's gotta be a better way. And so I was at a writer's round late last year and this guy from the UK was playing and he was named the, um, international songwriters associations, male country vocalist of the year. And he was pretty good. And I was like, this guy looks just like me. Like right. really not, no difference between us. I was like, why? how is he having all this success and I'm not. And so I actually sat next to his manager who I didn't know was his manager. Um, and we got to talking and she was like, well, you should come over. Like, let's, let's talk, let's, let's do this. And so, um, a couple months ago I reconnected with her and I was like, I want to push my music in the UK. I said, seems like there's a lot of potential. And I looked, there's really not that many country artists in the UK, but they love country music. Um, yeah. a lot of them are still really hung up on like the old school country. Like they still listen to a lot of Johnny Cash a lot of Garth, you know, and love and me some Garth. Love yeah, me some Garth. Those are like the legends, of course. Right, right. But in so much of the new music that you hear from country music today, they don't, they don't really get that. Um, and I'm not really sure why, but it, it hasn't really conformed to his new age as we right, have. Right. Well, if that's the case, I'm not. I don't like to consider myself a. a a bro country kind of artist. That's not really my style. I'm more of a mix of contemporary and traditional. Um, okay. Yeah. People kind of correlate me with um, Lee Bryce or Chris Young yep. Um, yep. voice, but not so much of the traditional sound is lost. And I'm like, well, if these people are looking for a little bit more traditional sound, like that Garth vibe, but still want to progress forward, I said, this is like the perfect opportunity to, to promote in the UK. So um, I got ready to release this next, the song that I just released a few weeks ago. It's called Come On Over. And I teamed up with that manager from that guy that I met in that bar that one random night. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it is, right? How it is. You meet people and it can take off like that, um, your relationship with them. She's no longer representing him, but uh, me and her are working together and she's fantastic. She works so hard. I've done, I can, I've probably done over a hundred interviews in the last month. Wow. For this song that I put out. And it's, yeah, I love it. It is. I'm a big fan. I like, honestly, I just got off of a, a live stream about 20 minutes before we jumped on this. So, I mean, it's even, you've been running, man. You grind. It's the grind, right? It's, it's the grind. Right. And you got to keep doing it. Um, yeah. times where I'm like, I'm exhausted. I don't want to do anything else. I don't want to talk about music. I don't want to think about music, but then I find myself like, well, what am I doing this for? Like there's nothing else I want to do. So what, you know, why am I trying to slack on this? And, and it brings yeah. 
back a lot of times. I mean, after I released that song, I was mentally drained. Like I told her, I was like, I am so thankful that this is over. Like, because I need a day. Right. To <laughs> take a little break. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it, I've never had something that felt as rewarding as that did too. Um, I, I had a really good push. It wasn't anything extravagant. You know, I wish there was, there's always room for improvement. Um, and there's, it, there's so many different avenues that you can take with pursuing music. I tell people there's four ways for success. You either know somebody in the industry, like a big time producer, a record label owner or something like that. Um, you have the money to do it and it takes a lot of money. Um, yeah. If your parents are rich or whatever, you got a trust fund or something. Right. <laughs> problem. Um, you get lucky. That's another way. And then there's the hard work and determination way, which most of the artists end up taking because we don't have the money. We don't know somebody in the industry and luck strikes literally at the most random places. So, absolutely, uh, and, and that's kind of the vibe that I've taken. You know, I'm, I don't live in Nashville. I live 45 minutes away um, and I'm driving up there for shows constantly. And it's not easy for me to make a hour and a half commute to go write a song with somebody that may never be released ever. So there's a lot of, uh, things that I take into consideration and look at when trying to produce um, not just income, but just something, just trying to produce right. something that's going to have some life and, and you can make a lot of sacrifices. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I, I mean, I was driving to, to Nashville seven days a week and wow. I'm making money like three of those seven days driving there. Wow. And you just never know. You never know when the next thing's going to come. I, w once COVID happened and, and lockdown happened, the venue that I played at, that I got that big break, that venue is still shut down. So I haven't played there since March. Wow. Um, I was going from three to five shows a week to now down to one, sometimes two shows a week. Um, but it's it's crazy how it all works out. Um, that tour guide business that I worked for, one of the other tour guides, he lives in this rural town even further than I do from Nashville. And he was like, hey, man, um, my buddy owns a bar if you want to come play. I went down there, played probably the worst show of my life. Like, <laughs> gone wrong, went wrong. That I like, I broke two strings on my guitar. I didn't have backup strings, um, you know. And there was, there were a ton of people there. Like this little podunk place had probably two hundred people at this. Wow! And it was all outside, so it wasn't like everybody was right. All right? Yeah. And I made more money at that show than I had probably made at any other show that I ever played. The worst show of my life, and I made more money at it than any show. And That's crazy. Like, like we want you to come back, and I'm like, really? Like I just gave you. The <laughs> and I went back and I played again and I played again, and then they were like, "Do you have a band? We'd love for you to have a full band show out here." And I'm like, "Yeah." So right now, the band and I are really gearing up for that, and we've got a couple of other shows booked. I mean, I'm as crazy as things have been, man. It's been a humbling experience. It showed me that I need to focus more time on a few other things that matter um, a right. lot. Um, and I've already booked shows through New Year's, um, which is crazy because I usually only book about two to three months in advance. Um, and right now we're, we're booking, you know, four or five months in advance. So that's why are you on? Are you playing on Broadway then? Um, no, Broadway is still pretty closed down, actually. Yeah, there's a few bars that have music. Um, but again, it's kind of the concept of it. There are if you do the math, there are 45 music venues on Broadway. Each of them has at least one stage. Some of them have upwards of five stages. So if you do the math, it takes about 2,400 artists to fill those stages every day. Wow. Right. So I, I went to this whole thing a couple of years ago. I was like, how many people are on this road? Right, right. I figured out this estimate of how many people it takes a day. And I'm like, that's a lot of people to compete with. A lot of people. And not to say that I don't have what it takes to, to meet them. Right. But can my resources be spent better elsewhere? So Absolutely. Instead of fighting and trying to make my way into these slots, you know, which would be awesome, um, you know, I'm looking elsewhere and I'm playing. I've got, I think, five shows in the next two weeks that are, and none are in Nashville, not one. They're all in the suburban areas around town. And what's crazy is these venues pay more, um, the crowds stay longer, and they appreciate you so much. In Unbroken, I'm just another name. Like, yeah, <laughs> people ready to perform that day. But when I go to a venue in like, Clarksville, Tennessee is like 45 minutes north of Nashville. It's near a, a, um, an army base. And okay. when I go out there and play, like people are watching, they're clapping, they're, you know, yeah. money in that tip jar. And the guy afterwards was like, man, we really appreciate you coming. Pays me four times what they paid me on Broadway. And he's like, can't wait to have you back in like two weeks. 
And I'm that's like, awesome. That's what it's all about. And I yeah. realize that people want so bad to be in Nashville to chase this dream. If today, man, I don't want to be in Nashville, honestly. Like it's it's better to be where you're appreciated than where you're just another number. And yeah, people make their breaks in Nashville, but it's again, 2,400 people a day. It's, there's seven days in a week and there's 365 days in a year. That's a lot of, different that's people. a lot of people. Yeah. And so I, I try to encourage people to find other, other means to, of their fan base. People are asking all the time, Oh, you know, I'm thinking about me moving to Nashville to chase a music dream. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> like if I had the opportunity to create a fan base in a small town, um, I mean, like, how many, do you know any country artists from, um, you said Ann Arbor, right? Yeah, I'm in Ann Arbor, yep. Do you know any, like, hometown country artists? Not that I, I no, I don't, I don't. So there's there's a lot of towns like that where nobody knows, like, that there's anybody from their town. So why not take the opportunity to become well-known in your town? Town, yeah. Get your own fan base there that will then support you to Nashville or to wherever you want to go. I didn't have that opportunity growing up here in Nashville. Everybody plays, everybody sings. I didn't have the opportunity to build a fan base because everybody was chasing their own fan base. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and luckily I've been able to find success on the outskirts of the world. Honestly, <laughs> incredible fans online, which the new age of technology is really rough. helps. Yeah, seriously. But, uh, but no, I encourage people to stay and, and work hard where they are. And then when you feel like you can't get, get any bigger where you are, then make the move. Um, because, you know, you can always go home. You can always go home and play a homecoming show. And people will turn out for that if you're, like, the big thing from your town. Seriously, though, yeah. Or, you know, if, like, if somebody from your high school went on to play in the NFL, everybody's like, oh, I know that guy. Exactly. Yeah, you know? seriously. <laughs> concept. And I, and I wish people would really go into it a bit more like that. But, uh, but no, man, it's been, it's been a crazy journey. I know I kind of went off on a couple of different No, things. I love it. I love it. But That's it's what all, it's all about. It's all been in good faith, man, and, and, and trust and, and just – I mean, I, I, there have been so many this past week, I was like, I don't know where my next like paycheck's going to come from. I still don't have a, a job. Like I, I was working part-time for the tour guide company up until the coronavirus hit. Uh, and so I still don't have a, a job. Um, luckily because I worked that bar job up until like February of 2019 and one temp job back then, I can still collect about a hundred dollars worth of unemployment each week. There right? you go. Um, and with the stipends and the stuff that the government's been giving us, you know, I've been able to stay afloat, but I, I hate it. I hate depending on other people. Um, when I depend on myself and going out, it's the grind though. It's the it grind. Is. And it's, it's so difficult because I could go work for Amazon and make like $15 an hour and have a steady, yeah. day, you know, but I would lose the time. I would, I would work nine to five Monday through Friday at minimum, if not more. And if a show like this comes up or if I do a live stream or if somebody wants me to drive two hours to a show, well, I can't, I couldn't take off early or I'd get fired. Right. Right. So it's like, do I, do I make that choice to go back to work for the financial stability or do I take my chances and just pursue what I love that much more and push that much harder to make it, a, you know, something that is actually obtainable and Every single time I can't, it's probably happened like at least six times now where I didn't know where my next meal was going to come from, or I didn't know where my next paycheck was going to come from. I mean, I got a mortgage, I got a car payment, like yeah. I, I got to buy new guitar strings every other week, you know? So it's like, where does all this money come from? And sometimes I don't know, man. Sometimes I just don't know how people know. I mean, one of my fans uh, who's been a diehard fan for years now, she's 18 years old. Okay. And, this, and she's in her first year of college. She sent me a $50 gift card. She's like, I don't know why, but I wasn't using this and I felt like you could use it right now. And like, like those types of things just blow my mind. And right. That's awesome. Without the people that I do this for, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, I wouldn't be here. Wouldn't be doing this at all. Not, I mean, not even chasing like the dream of being, you know, somebody that's famous, which is not really the end goal, but yeah. Right. Is trying to be in the entertainment industry, it wouldn't be worth it if it weren't for the people that I do it for. Um, so I'm eternally grateful for all the support that all of my fans have given me. And you know, it's not just that. I mean, I do have other ventures in life, but you know, at the end of the day, this is what I want to do, and there's nothing else in this world that's going to satisfy that hunger that I had before. That's awesome. I love that. We talk all the time about life's too damn short to not chase your dreams, and that's yeah. what you're doing. That's awesome. It, all right, it, talk to me about the new song. So the new song um, is part of a project that I've been working on um, since 
early 2019, um, when I decided to really chase after this, I'd been working with a producer that was, was a good family friend of mine and he doesn't charge much at all, but the production level, I wanted it to be more, I wanted it to be like radio sound ready. Yeah. Get people to hear it and go, Oh wow. Like that's right. awesome. Um, and so I decided to go hunting for a producer. I spent, I don't know how many hours and, we, we have a large Facebook group here in, in Nashville called the Young Entertainment Professionals Facebook page. And there's probably 40,000 people on this Facebook group. And I put out a message. I was like, hey, I'm looking to record a somewhat contemporary country EP, looking to do six songs. Who do you guys recommend? I must have gotten 250 messages from like individual producers. Like where else are there going to be that many people producing? In Seriously, though. So. I grabbed a pen and paper and I went and wrote everybody's names down. I went to their websites. I called half of them. I met with like probably 40 of them and was like, why should I choose you? Why should I go with you? And whether it was their sound, I didn't like, whether it was, you know, their vibe, whether literally like yeah. they, they were just after the money, like a lot of things went into this and I narrowed it down to one guy. And um, that's who I've been producing my stuff with for the past year and a half. And he not only, um, was a fair price. He believed in me as an artist. Um, he believed in the music that I was doing and he had the reputation to uphold it. And it was like everything aligned perfectly. And it was just for this guy, nobody else, nobody else meet all this criteria. And so I was like, let's get to work. So that was probably January of 2019 that we decided to go for it. And we recorded, um, all the drums for all six songs in May of 2019. And that's where a lot of the really the production side of things come from we have yeah the uh, drummer is kelly clarkson's drummer uh, which is wow cool. that um, is super cool we went to his studio and we recorded all six songs drums in one setting because we can't go in every time we want to do a new song or i said i mean it'd take up a ton of time um and for each song as we get ready to put it out he the producer goes in and he adds you know he plays guitar bass and stuff like that so he'll play on top of that he'll bring in whether it's a mandolin player or a pedal steel guy um, like Garth's pedal steel guy was on, um, I think it's sunrise. One of the other songs that I had. So really? like, yeah, like, and it's just because of my producer, like it's one guy that has led me down all these cool and he's become a mentor and a dear friend. Yeah. Um, but we've been working on this project and I had, I have like a hundred songs in my song bank of songs that I want to put out. And that's a lot of songs, a lot of songs. It's really I have more. That's those are just the ones that I think are at least good enough to. Record. <laughs> but, That's wild. But a lot of them really go back. So we're like what March 2019 at this time in this timeline, and some of these songs I wrote in 2017. So I've been holding on to them for two years now, and I'm like, I'm gonna do all this, and I want to keep it under like five thousand dollars. He's like you can't do that. Like that's not enough money. He said, you're going to at least need a thousand dollars, if not 15,000 or $1,500 a song. And I'm like, I don't have that kind of money. He's like, we don't have to do it all in one time. He said, I know you want to release this EP. He said, but let's look at what the industry is doing. And if you pay attention, a lot of the industry is following this guideline. Um, like Billy Currenton is a great example. Dude's been around for years, but yep. released any music in like five years. Well, instead of releasing a full album, like a month ago, he released a single. One, yep, great song. One song, yeah. And was it Seaside, I think? Seaside. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And it, that was just a little while ago. But if you go back and look, I mean, Luke Combs did a couple of singles here and there. Um, you have like Kane Brown released a couple of singles. And like all of these newer country artists are just releasing singles. And I'm like, nobody has done this. Like that's never been the norm in music. You put out, you put out albums. Yeah. But, if you really digest that and you go back and look, if you think about an album from 10 years ago that you like, like think about your favorite album, how many songs on there do you skip? My favorite one? Probably a couple. A yeah, couple, yeah. You skip a couple on your favorite album. Yeah. And those are what I like to call filler songs. Right. Why would I spend $1,500 on a song that you're going to probably skip? I don't want to do that. So That's a good point. In order to force people and I, I hate to use the word force but it really what you're doing here you're forcing them to listen to each song if you release it single by single okay the problem is it takes so much longer so for a six song ep that i could have put out um you know august of last year i'm only three songs into it and here we are august of this year so i'm releasing a song about every five months right now and people are then forced to listen to that song for five months and then they get hungry and they're like we want another there, song where's the next one yeah where's the, i like that i like that 
one and they have to listen to that one for another five months and then the next one comes out. So it's really a strategy as much as it is also helps me because I don't have to put up the whole dollar. That's right. So it, it worked out and um, I, I want to do it a little bit quicker. I'd like to do it every three months because I really do want to get to my newer music that I want to put out. Um, so that's the the hope is to do that by um, by this time next year, have the other three songs released. So that's kind of cramming it in a little bit faster than five, five months per song. Um, but it's also looking at finances because it's not just production that I'm paying for, for come on over. Um, I'm, I'm promoting it in two different, on two different continents. So I paid uh, $1,500 to promote it on, um, independent radio station kind of network in the UK. Um, it, this week it's number 15 on that chart, which is incredible. That's wild. Congratulations. Thank you. It's, it's been a crazy ride because I can't feel that here. You know, when you're here, you're like, Oh yeah parts you're playing and whatever and you're like that's awesome but i'm not there so i can't really be there to listen or to feel any of the vibe because i can't play in front of shows i can't play right. in front of people in the uk right now but um i'm also working with a promotions company here in, Na in nashville and that's another four grand for one song so you're talking uh like fifty five hundred dollars just for promotion you put an extra fifteen hundred dollars on for production if i want to shoot a music video you're talking like another four grand minimum um, and then you're talking about merchandise that goes into the upfront cost t-shirts probably gonna be like thousand dollars before you know it's right. like 10 grand a song. And yeah. I, wow. There's a lot of stuff I had no idea about. Yeah. And a lot of people don't. And, and not that that's your fault, but like people are like, Oh, we want t-shirts. We want, you know, this and that we want the next song. And I'm like, it's not that easy. Like, it's not just that I can turn around and put out another song. I'm not signed. I'm an independent independent artist. There's no company backing me financially. I don't have investors that are like filling my pocket saying, all right, go record your next song. I literally have to go play shows and save my money and invest my money wisely so that I know that I can move on to the next thing. Like I, I own three different businesses today. Um, some of which are more successful than others, you know, and I still have all the things in my personal life that I have to pay for. And then I have to put this, put this on top of it. And it's like, I can't just willy nilly throw my money around and be like, Oh, well, I can do this or I can do that. No, I have to strategically think out like every single dollar that I right, spend. Right. Um, and that's why it's so important for people to kind of understand what it takes to, to, to like support an artist. Cause somebody, yeah. Oh, you yeah, put out a new song. Like that's great. Okay, and that's like that's all you hear from them. No, I need you to put this on your playlist. I need you to tell your friends about this. Like I need absolutely. You, I need you to tell like share it every time I put something out there, or like every other time, just share it. That's all. I, and what does it cost? The it's, retweets help, man. The retweets they, help. They really do. And social media is such a, a crazy world. But um, a friend of a friend, she her name is Priscilla Block. You might you might know the name. Um, she um, is a country artist here in Nashville. She's a little unique, yep. um, but she was number one on the iTunes charts for all genres. I'm talking about beating out Cardi B's, was it WAP or whatever that song is? Yep. Yeah. Yep. She WAP. Song out, right? Okay. And that's like the biggest song right now. And this no name artist from Nashville, this young girl, her song was at number one on the iTunes charts. And again, I told you there's four ways to make it big. Be lucky is one of them. Her song went viral on TikTok. That's that, how you got to do it. That's how it happened. And I'm like, that's so frustrating. <laughs> but at the same yeah. time, you have to take every avenue. So I'm on every social media that there is trying to come up with some sort of spark to get people to play my music um, or just to share like anything, anything at all. And it's, it's really difficult, but you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to stop. No, it's a grind, man. It's the grind. The grind. That's it. So I love it. I love it. Okay. If you had one piece of advice for the people listening to this show, whether that be music wise or just to help them keep going throughout all this shit that's going on, what would that be? What would you have to say? Well, the the whole concept of the project that I've been working on, and this is kind of a building on a concept here, um, is that there is a roller coaster within these songs that I'm putting out. And right now we're at the low point in this project. The Come On Over is leading into the saddest song on the project. And after you come out of this sad point, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that as many times as I've been beaten down and not knowing where, you know, again, my next meal is going to come from or something, it always, determination and faith always kind of leads me through that. And I tell people, you know, just, you can't stop. You really can't. You have to keep going. And, you know, if you do, what are you living for? You know, I, I've always said, I don't want to wake up when I'm 80 years old and wonder what if. I want to right. know. I want to know. And I want to at least say I tried. And that's all Hell I Hell yeah. Do. 
Yeah. Get out there trying to do something, you want to chase your dreams. Don't wait. Honestly, I wish I had started many years earlier, and I'm lucky I started when I did. So if you're, you know, in your mid 30s, mid 40s, and you're like, oh, I've always wanted to start this business, or oh, I've always wanted to move somewhere, what are you waiting on? Like, honestly, what are you waiting on? Because time's not standing still, and uh, we're not getting any younger. So that's right. That's awesome. Well, I'm gonna. I gotta ask one more question. I've been asking a bunch. Of what song are you jamming out to right now? Favorite artist? Favorite album? What is it? Oh, that's a tough question, man. <laughs> I listen to so much music. Um, I have been lately. I've been on the Tyler Childers kick. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. And, and people are kind of surprised by that, but I'm. I love all genres, man. I mean, I love bluegrass and I love that folk style. Um, I'm a big fan of like Stapleton, who's right in the mix of that. He just um, dropped that new song, which is fire. Yep. I'm on the fence about. It. I'm not yet sold on it, but but I love his sound no matter what. He's an yeah. Artist. But but no, Tyler Childers, the band, and I've really been pushing to learn some of his songs. And man, he's got such a vibe. It's it's he awesome. does. So. He does. I love it. I love it. Well, man, I I would love to. Um, if you'd like, I know the audio is probably not the greatest over over our video chat here, but if you'd like, I will play it. Play the new song. If you hell like. yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Let's do it. All right, right on. I was gonna. I didn't. I didn't know if I could ask. I was gonna. Of course. Let me. Know. Let's do it. All right. So. <laughs> All right. So this is a new one. Come on over. That I released just a few weeks ago. Awesome, man. Thanks, brother. I love it. I love it. You're the man. I was literally going to, I was like, I think to myself, right? Because everything's <laughs> different. I'm like, 
Can I ask people to play their songs? Go for it, man. I mean, what are that's the voice I needed to hear. That's what we do. Yeah, take the take that shot. Just don't don't be afraid. You know, <laughs> that's right. That's awesome. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on. This was tons of fun. Uh, everybody, listen to that song. Download it. Share it. Retweet it. Amazing. Everything else on his Spotify playlist is awesome too. Give it a listen. Give it a look. This was awesome, Kyle. You're the man. I really appreciate you coming on. Hey, I'm going to share this with all my fans. So if my fans are listening, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. I'm, I'm sure they, there's just so many more stories to come. So hell yeah, that's awesome. All right, Kyle, you're the man. I appreciate it. I'm going to be in Nashville soon. Yeah, hit so me up. Let's hang out. I will. I I will hit you. I just followed you on Instagram too. So we're going to do everything. Let's do it, man. Let's grab a drink when I'm down there. Okay. I got the best places in mind. Awesome. Awesome. You're the man. Appreciate it. Yeah, buddy. Again, huge thanks to Kyle for coming on the show. Go give his new stuff a listen. Come on over. Uh, it's on Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere you want to go listen. Go give it a listen. All right? Let's run through these five-day reminders. Know that was a longer interview. Number one, you are amazing. Number two, you can and will achieve anything. Three, positivity is a choice. Make the right choice. Four, your limitations are only in your imagination. Don't even set a limitation on yourself. They're not real. They're just in your imagination. And number five, don't settle, period. Don't settle for anything. Live those, love those, learn those. Say them every single day to yourself, okay? We've got some big-time guests coming on the show. I'm so excited for you guys to hear from them. They share some great insights. They have some great interviews that I'm super excited to release to all of you. Again, give me a share. Give me a like. Let's spread this word to everybody. Let's keep people up. Let's keep bringing people up. Be motivating. Be positive. Be positive with everybody around you. Look on the bright side of things. Glass half full. Live it. Love it. Love each other. Love each other. Smile more. Smile more. Okay? Song of the day. Uh, Kane Brown, BFE, on his new EP. It's awesome. It'll really fire you up and get you in the right mood. All right? Like I said before, if you guys want to come on the show, you got a story to, st- to share. Something to say. You want to motivate people. Let's do it. Set it up. DM me. Tweet me. Reach out to me. Email me. Text me. Call me. Do whatever. Send me a message on LinkedIn. I don't care. Get in touch. Let's get together and let's keep motivating each other. All right? Again, you guys are amazing. Thanks for listening. Cheers.